Hey everybody, this is Rodney Elmer. Welcome to the Mount Deer Podcast. I'm in the shop today. It's pouring like crazy outdoors. <laughs> I've got Taylor with me and uh, everything's going good. Yep. We're uh, going to be doing a little um, thinking ahead to this coming season and uh, one of the reasons that we're going out there. And it's one of those subjects nobody likes to talk about or even be associated with at times and no they don't it's called trophy hunting mm-hmm have a lot to say on this 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 is um quite a subject i don't think too many people necessarily want to tackle it but everybody will want to hear about it and yeah i think uh and all guilty of it yeah it, it, at, a point. at a point or another and yep. on a on a certain level or not sure. you know yep yep and what is it today's it's almost september so we're approaching prep. Like right now, yep. everyone's getting ready, getting geared up. You've seen a lot of stuff going up online, and yep. you know everyone's kind of getting the itch, the deer season itch. The leaves are starting. You actually, I'm looking out the window right now, out of the shop, and you actually have a couple ash trees that are turning yellow. Oh yeah, the leaves so, are starting to go. Yeah, yep. fall is upon us. I always make it a habit uh, to do a little bit of reading before deer season. That's yes. part of my gearing up. I might watch some videos on whatever I see going on, but I also do a little bit of reading in one of my favorite books. And I actually ended up with this kind of just when you guys were starting to head to Maine. Um, yeah, you guys, was, you know, it was you, probably 2012. Yeah. You guys needed that rite well, of passage kind I, of thing. I actually used that book. I used that book as a book report in school Yeah, in my, my yeah. junior year or something like that. So you had it, you had it 2010s. One of my favorites. It's one of my favorites. Uh, Randall, Randall Eaton, uh, wrote from boys to men of heart. Um, such a good book. It's such a good book. And it, it talks from a lot of different viewpoints, um, not mm-hmm. just Randall's, but um, Jim Posowitz and a lot mm-hmm. of Indians and a collection of chiefs, opinions uh, on what hunting means and the yeah. implications of being a hunter. Yeah, it's, super it's really good, good book. It's yep. a very, very good book, worth a read. And I think in this day and age, it's it's coming more, it, yeah, more important if anything, you know. Yeah, and I, I know there's that segment of our listeners that are female but it will apply to them as well it's the same yeah you could swap the title to from girls to women of heart literally you Mm -hmm. could that's that's you know ambidextrous so to speak that 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 part of it doesn't matter what matters is the growth as a person from being a hunter and one of the stages of your growth in your in your career of hunting is the trophy stage and we will all move through that at one point or another right well and you and rightfully you kind of should like well absolutely you know what i mean it's goals when we uh teach hunter safety and we talk about the different you know stages of a hunter and one of them you know the the shooter stage and then you you work up through the method stage and um all the different stuff and just before the end which would be the sportsman stage is the trophy stage and where you want to get the biggest and the oldest or the hardest to get um you um, might do it in the hardest possible way uh, the challenge you, yeah and what the challenge can make of you is fairly important and there are definitely benefits to wanting to go after those older animals who've been around for a while they're more of a challenge they challenge you and they can bring out some of your good qualities or some maybe some of your not so good qualities (laughs) um you know and that's part of it um we've seen 
countrywide, um, you know, they've done a lot of surveys and many hunters don't want to call themselves trophy hunters. And, no. uh, you know, one of the, one of the passages in this book talks about how, if there was a two deer, two bucks standing side by side, one of them was a four pointer, 160 pounds and in beautiful shape. And the other one is a six pointer, 160 pounds in beautiful shape. You know, which one would you shoot? Yeah. Identical shots, identical distance. Everything's the same. Everything's the same. The you weight's just get to the same. Pick one. The only difference is antlers. Right. Yeah. And and would you go for the six or go for the four? And um, six. <laughs> well, yeah. And and at that stage, are you a trophy hunter? Yes. Well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You went for. Yeah. Because all I mean, all other requirements were guaranteed. And yes. the, only, the only determining factor about whether you see the, one of the problems with this is the piece of the experience that you define as the trophy, because if in the value, if the antlers are right. the trophy part of it, if they're you, the value, then well, not necessarily just like solely the value, but if you're a meat hunter and you want the biggest possible buck, because you know, the biggest amount of, you know, protein t- technically that you're trophy hunting still right? It's still, you still are preferring the bigger to the smaller because of one, mm-hmm. uh, because of the opinion of the larger holding value to you. Right. And it's not like you were going to, the only time where you're not a trophy hunter is if you pick the first opportunity regardless. Yeah. That's I think it. Part of what, at least the term trophy hunter and what you think about it, um, gets reflected upon is that you have to look at your hunting career as it's progressed. Yes. And the spike horn when you were young and you never had one opportunity is, is way beyond trophy. If anything, it's a deer. It signifies it's something. Yeah. Some entry into, and, and like it's a barrier and you get by that barrier, you know, yes. and there's that competitive, um, like alive in the world, giving it some, yeah. you know, that just rips right into it. And you, you want, there's that outside external wanting to hold and have something that's a little more coveted. And also too, like to be able to preserve the memory and, uh, hold something to represent like the sacrifice you put into it, you know, the effort. Yeah, the the amount of of work and discipline and what it costs to get you to that point, um, somewhere that, and and I know everybody's got an opinion to it and everybody's different about it, but that when a person's training for the Olympics and he wants to hold that gold medal around, he's a trophy runner. He's, no, he's a hunter. Yeah, he's hunting. Hunting, those hunting is a search. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a pursuit. It, yeah. It's it's not. I don't think hunting should be completely isolated to acts of you know whether something's going to die or not because you can hunt for your keys you don't kill your keys when you find them you know right, right. and the, it's a quest the yeah. thing is the we have kind of pretty concrete ideas that are pretty unchanging as far as hunting goes right the tr- like the most common trophy hunter definition for people when it applies to deer is big racks mm-hmm. because the weight the weights are great and those come and go. It's a measurable thing too. Yes. The same as a weight is. And it's the un- the most unique part about the deer other than the story for getting the deer. 
right. is the antlers because right. you can have two bucks from the same exact piece of woods. They can both be eight pointers. They can both weigh 200 pounds, but they're going to look very different. Well, it also like those measurements help weigh. It makes a weighable part of the experience when you share it with somebody. What do you mean weigh? Well, like, like if you shoot an eight pointer and I shoot an eight pointer, but mine's got 12 inch tines and we start talking numbers you can instantly know like it's a little bit more of a this is this, this is different than that this, you know it, it just, shows a difference that just uh, brought up uh, a saying that you do all the time oh there yeah are eight pointers and then there are eight pointers then there are eight pointers and yeah. some of them are eight pointers right would you let's for you personally what do you consider um as your definition of being a trophy hunter and are you one well, I, I, I was definitely one for 99% of my hunting career, right? I mean, there was that 1% of the time when I wasn't definitely. There was always this little part of me that wasn't because, like, for starters, I never met a bad deer. Every deer is a beautiful thing. Mm. Um Equally valuable. Yeah, pretty much. Except not equally, right? Because there's mm-hmm. always that side that isn't. You know, you have the plus and the minus. You know, you, you always have contrast. And um, there was the part of me that wanted to show my possible accomplishments, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Everyone has that. You want to show what to you... To prove yourself. Well, yeah. And to, like, give credit to some standing of some kind. You know, doesn't matter whether it was, you know, your grades in school or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it w- that was part of things. Um, and yeah, I've been a trophy hunter quite a bit, a fair amount. And and if I didn't acknowledge that, I, it would be a little bit of a lie to that because it's, it not would true. be a lie. Right. And I would, I would say that I'm a trophy hunter depending on the day. Yeah. And the, yeah. what I'm considering a trophy in that moment, you know, one day I might be after antlers, but the next day I wake up and my trophy for that particular day might be, you know, getting this kind of thing on film or something like that. Right. But, no, it, well, but for the most part, I would say I am. You have some flexibility. I don't, to your I don't want to say, system. I can't say I'm not. Right. I'm, right. I definitely am. Yeah. It's not the only piece of it though. I'm a trophy hunter. If I can pick, I'll pick the trophy. If I don't, I will get it and be happy with it because of where we hunt every deer. I think the amount of deer definitely changes the classification of what people will consider a trophy. Like in the state of Vermont, you shoot a deer, you shot a trophy. Yeah. Because human beings always seeking this like rareness. Yes. Well, yeah. We are. We're we're seeking a rareness. You know, if, if a bear has a big white patch, a Chevron, a Chevron, right? Yeah. He's. He's rare, and now he's special, right? Seeking uniqueness. Yep. Yes. There's part of that, and I think everybody does that a little tiny bit, and sure. that's that's part of everybody. And, and um, some of the the trophy hunter bad name isn't real deserving. Some of it is. Cause Ecologically, trophy hunting's not the end of the world. No, if anything, it's saving some you're areas, being, like you're in being Africa, specific. Or right. By the same token, though, if it's it's only to just shoot it and possess and to just have a material thing in your hand or on the wall or at least under your belt yeah. in some way, 
there are parts of it, especially when it's kind of an in-your-face kind of thing or if it comes across as wasteful, that's not cool. Well, people won't appreciate it. Yeah. Trophy hunting, because actually earlier, I looked up the definition for trophy hunting, and the first thing that came up, we use Siri, right, naturally. You just say, hey, Siri. You know, just just we were batting this around, and the definition came up for uh, what was the, whatever, the dictionary mcculloch or whatever the website was that came up with it and the sentence that they used underneath it was like trophy hunting's this blah blah because they had to use it in a sentence after they provide the definition right right and it was like trophy hunting's this bad thing blah 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 blah. and it was it has to end it was interesting that that is probably an opinion that any non-hunter anti-hunter would say about trophy hunting because there's an idea about trophy hunting where if you are a trophy hunter that means the rest of it you don't care about yeah. Which I think I think is that's too sh- that's too shallow of a view on trophy hunting, because yeah. like trophy hunting, the the there, it's only a piece of it. It's only a fraction of the experience is the kill, and just like most people have, they have this uh, focus that's determined on what and not why. There's a massive massive focus about what and not why. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And even if you say, well, trophy hunting, if you look at it like super, super, like superficially. Right. Just to fill an ego void. Right. Then if right. you just say trophy hunting itself, you're like, well, blah. But if you look at trophy hunting and the layers to it, and that might be a trophy to that person, you know, it's too, you can't, you can't isolate a trophy hunter from the rest of his hunt. No, no, you, you can't do that any more than like a photographer going out and getting a picture of an animal and then wanting to show it to somebody because they did a great job. That's a trophy of it's, that. It's, so we, we are seeking memorabilia in many ways, you know, and it's also more than that because like we're, we're seeking a valuable experience. What, what feels valuable. And something to show for that experience to remind us, to help us relive that. Like the videos are trophies of deer season for me. Oh yes. You know, and it's this it's yeah. identical. Mm-hmm. And it would be weird to have someone be like, You're a trophy video maker. I'd be like, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be the truth too. It is the truth. Right. There's a there's an underlying good parts of it too though, because when you when you um express the discipline and take the time to learn and you put it all to practice and you pick the difficult path and you get done climbing the mountain by the difficult, most difficult path. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're able to do that. And even though you may not have completely mastered it, you've nearly mastered what it was that you set out to do. Yes. You accomplished your goals. Learn and you made some accomplishments and you, you, you put another feather in the cap, so to speak, which is just another trophy. Yes. You know, whether it's a picture, a feather, a horn on the wall, or even meat in the frying pan, if you're really hungry, that's a trophy. I think it is. Because it would, it's a trophy piece of meat. I yes. went after meat. I'm hungry. Here it is. And, and isn't it. that awesome? Yes. We celebrate success nonstop about everything. I don't care if you're a Democratic be, politician, you would you would celebrate what you set out to do. Yeah. Does that make him a trophy politician? No. Right? Okay. So like even, well, even yes to, to himself <laughs> actually yeah, yeah. and it, there's to there's nothing wrong with trophy hunting i don't think there's anything wrong with it your motivations for being a trophy hunter and what you're going to do with your trophy how you're going to apply that to your other hunts and how you continue on after the trophy is something you do want to look at 
Not to you want to look at your motivations yep. for doing anything, especially when it's something that's hunting is a big deal. I feel like it's a lot of people are a bit nonchalant about it. And you don't, I mean, it's not something you have to be like serious about, but the implications of being a hunter and what it could mean and what it does mean are pretty drastic. It can do a lot. Yes. I mean, it, it's the path to a true human. It's, but it, it's not the only one. It's, it's just one. Yes. And now, there's a million ways to become a It's good something man that it should at least be considered and woman. respected, regardless of how you choose to enter this realm. If you want to be a hunter, that's cool. Yeah. But look at yourself. And don't, like most of the time, I think people, people shy away from uh, admitting they're a trophy hunter because most people will say, I'm a meat hunter. I don't really care about bones. You can't eat antlers. You know, but that's one of the reasons we love deer hunting so much is for antlers and well, for yeah. the experience and the uniqueness of that individual deer. It's almost like pairing the special deer with the special hunter, you know, and it's a way for you to chip yourself out of the, the rest of the aggregate. Well, a hunter will stand there all day long, whether it's online or in front of his buddies or in front of a fish and wildlife board and say that he's a conservationist and he hunts to keep keep the deer herd going and all of that and then refuse to get a doe permit and do or or gets one and doesn't use it that way it's a doe saved right you know like that yeah that's if you're a conservationist at that point you know whether or not well that's that's up to that's up to speculation that's That's speculation yep and when you have such a strong if if you have too strong a sense of right and wrong or you have values that are not like adjustable flexible now you start running into problems with it. And you actually move backwards. It's easy It's easy to not look at how you think about a certain thing and not consider how you're feeling about it and what it means. And I think that right now, more than ever, hunters need to consider not what. We are very focused on what a lot of the time and not why, and not truly why, not really pulling back the curtain and not talking to ourselves about it. Because when we talk about why and we talk about motivations and we talk about all these other things, they're mostly like two other hunters. Well, I had a couple of fellows in the shop today and they're like, do you use trail camera, trail cameras, you know, and do you, do you know what's out there and what's going on? And, uh, and I said, well, I could, I don't, um, it's, it's a double-edged sword of course because you can put it out and you you'll feel good about what's going on and it gets you to go hunting and keeps you enthusiastic you know and that part of it's good um it's quite a sport now everybody does it and Mm -hmm. there's nothing really wrong with it or anything myself i i don't use it only because i i like to see the story unfold the mystery and yeah i want to watch and I don't need it secure. I don't need to know this buck is coming through at three thirty in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and I need to be here in order to get him and all those safeties. I, you, I don't. I don't want my hunting to have a whole bunch of safeties. Yeah, but you, you as a hunter, you also self-generate your own motivation as well, a bit easier. Yes, like you yeah. get yourself. I'm at pumped that stage. Up. What you're seeking isn't the same. Right. Like you don't need to know there's a deer in those woods in order to be able to go out there and quote quote hunt. Right, right. And, You're, and you are looking be completely for a enthusiastic. different experience, right. and the deer is something that adds to it. It is a key motivation for doing it. You cannot go out in the woods and be like, "I'm not here really to get a deer. I'm here to just walk." Well, it's like, why do you have your rifle with you? Right. Because, well, just in case, right? It's like, yeah, right. it's a, it's a part of it. Yeah. It's it's hard to slice any one piece of this out from the whole hunting spectrum. Well, and the experience. The other big dynamic to this whole trophy thing is like your standards 
on what you consider a trophy. Yeah. You yeah. have the, the public standards of mm-hmm. um, what they would consider it. Then and you your also fellow hunters. Yeah. You, you also have the law, yep. you know, which is like your minimum standard of conduct of, you know, you have to at least act that good. Mm-hmm. And, and even that can be some fairly flexible for some people and not so flexible for others. <laughs> yes. Right. If you're a game warden, you're not yeah. so flexible. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> it depends on who you talk to and when you talk to them. awkward pause awkward right? pause so there's there's sides to this that make it a real dynamic thing not to mention you know behind the keyboard um when somebody brings something up on social media and you get to saying well this is right or that's right and this is wrong and, mm-hmm. and i would do this and i wouldn't do that and all those kind of things we share those with each other all the time so you have this like herd morality and then you have the individual morality mm-hmm. and like you, you're trying to blend and work with those and the individual reality would love to have that deer. Yeah. And it's just quietly. a four pointer. At least quietly. Yes. You know, just, mm-hmm. it's just a four pointer and I know there's bigger ones, but I really want, you know, and I don't, deer. and I don't want to go without. So well, that's, that's kind of, that yeah. might be a little bit more exclusive to our area because of the cu- the culture and the you know the habitat and the deer herd and like the kind of the kind of thing deer situation we have here we've um, almost learned some like social pressures and to listen to them you know i i used when i was young i would feel guilty that i wasn't out there hunting because all my buddies were like hey did you go out last night oh, did you see anything like did, yeah did you see anything did you do anything you know show us that you're being a hunter show that you're still part of the crew right you know that I mean? you're in the game you know yeah. and and there's this like um background gang gang <laughs> that wants to like see you do well well you also well, yes and then there's did. a background gang that doesn't want to see you do well and there's might, always a they few might of those closer than you think on both ends right the, the other thing too is when you have um you can also want a trophy for somebody else i know that's one of the things like i think everybody and their brother wants coco puff to shoot a 200 pounder because those two- 199s are not cutting it yeah they're not and, and <laughs> we need that pound when you when you see someone who's working really hard in a place that's really difficult and even though you definitely know it can be done oh, and yeah. for somebody that you feel deserves it you will almost want them to get the trophy you know, you almost like, and, and you cannot want it really all that bad, but part of you would love a trophy, you know, mm-hmm. there's like, you have this inner trophy hunter, but also this more conservationist kind of style hunter yeah. that are, that are almost like, it's like a yin and yang, like a wave, you know, the, some days you're all about it, you know, or some seasons, some years. And you just, you want that 200. And for in New England, it's about the weight. The racks are great. That's fantastic. And most of the time, the, it's not the size of the bone that determines what it is for a trophy. It's where you shot it. You know? Like, mm-hmm. for certain, I mean, Vermont has how many Boone and Crockett's all time? Like one shot by a hunter. How many typical? How many Boone and Crockett's does New Hampshire spit out every year? Oh, geez, they get a couple, sometimes three, four. Yeah. So when you shoot a Boone and Crockett yeah. in New Hampshire, people are going to lose their minds, and that's definitely a trophy for antlers. You shoot one in Vermont, and the world will talk about it. 
you know? Yeah. It's, and, but if you shoot one in like, you know, Kentucky and Illinois, it's still a Boone and Crockett deer and right. it still meets the same standards and everyone's going to be very excited. And so are you, but it won't have the same hunter social impact, you know, like Not there's, locally, there's, there's, yeah, there's so many, there's so many levels to trophy hunting. And I honestly, I think it's okay. I don't see anything wrong with it. If that's your motivation and that's what gets you out there. And if it's something you want to do and you're acting inside the law, that we've all agreed is how you should conduct yourself. If you're doing that, what, what does it matter? Yeah, it does. I don't think it matters. And I, th- no. I think there's, there's a negative stigma on trophy hunting. And it's like, I'm not going to lie. I'm a trophy hunter, but some days I could really care less, you know? And, mm-hmm. but don't get me wrong. If it's coming down to the wire and a spike coin pops out, he may, it's 50, it's flip of the coin, whether <laughs> I decide that day if he's coming home with me or not, right. you know, we had the same situation last year yeah you know and yep. we just let it let that deer go nice buck i think almost anyone would have been happy with it nice heavy weight in the whole nine yep. but it was just like you just decided that that didn't matter to you in that moment mm-hmm. and i think i think we all are at one point or another trying not to be scared of yourself and your decisions you make especially especially in the woods Oh yeah. This is you and nature and it doesn't get more like, and it's, it's hard not to have your, your social pressures and what you want to really chase you back into the woods. They have a tendency to do that, especially early season. If you were all alone on planet earth, I don't think you'd go crazy trophy hunting. Probably not. No. Cause like, I wouldn't have anyone to mount my deer. (laughs) Well, not only (laughs) true, true. Not only that, but now you, you answer to no one, but you. And there's no one to compare to. Right. And now it's just, I, I do, I do think we do that. We are social creatures and we do compare deer. We do compare each other. And people it, love, it depends I mean, on, it depends on why. And I don't, I don't think as long as your motivations are good for you, I don't care. I think trophy hunting's fine. Just like if you want to be a meat hunter, that's cool. It's weird to not admit it though. You know what I mean? It feels weird to be like, I'm not a trophy hunter and you only mounted the biggest buck you ever got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that does seem a little weird. There's, there's part of, especially it's the like non-hunting weird. public that would look at that and say, well, if you're out for the meat and you're out for survival and you're just out, just kind of doing your thing, then it's okay. If you're out there for your ego or anything else, then it's not okay. Yet, like by any other standards, uh, if you were a politician and and no you, any not necessarily any other standards, any other topic or target. Well, that's what as I mean. A trophy, no one cares. Yeah. But it's because it's you know at the cost of a creature's life mm-hmm. is typically how it is. Yeah, that's the part that trophy hunting gets a bad rap from. You're out there for your ego, and that animal has to suffer because of some idea that you have in your head but it's like uh how many chickens you know what i mean it's this it's the same old meat conversation thing that we've had a thousand times right and it's this is it's difficult it's i don't know it's it's difficult to be okay with somebody to do something that you're not okay with i think is probably what all that boils down to mm-hmm. you know it's it's hard for people to see something that they really don't agree with and having somebody doing it and be perfectly fine with it and not want to say something or not 
think something about it and not gain perspective. It's mm. perspective is all it is. Yep. And Literally. hunters, hunters are going to need, they're going to need some moral high ground if hunting is to continue. Because if it, if you get a bad press for any length of time, it is possible that people's, you know, the rest of the public will say, yo, this isn't okay. And you guys are done because it's 80 to 15 or 80 to whatever the numbers are. Who knows? Yeah, I guess just between those two. And you have to consider, you have to really be concerned with yourself and what you have going on, but in respect to the whole that you represent as well. Well, the other part of it is like you're reducing a living thing to a material thing, a non-living thing. We do that constantly. Oh, yes. No question. Leather. Yep. Well, pretty quick, our, like the life that is a deer, you won't get to know because it's dead now, right? People like to cut everything all up. And um, there's there's this like weird edge between yourself and the things you need to live absolutely and so many of them are live living things you know and when i pull that carrot up out of the bed that raised bed and i pull that carrot up and i say i'm gonna eat this carrot today and the, the carrot is all done living it's the same it's, it's a the cycle. same exact it's, a, thing. it's just yeah. a cycle where nature will use one life form to recycle and add to another to push that life form farther yep right and i think that say this you get to go and bow hunt Canada and you get a caribou, right? Mm -hmm. Has this ever happened to you? Yes. And it's a big, beautiful whole experience. That's incredible. And one of the ways to capture that experience and the changes in yourself that occurred because of that was to take that, you know, caribou that was borderline boot and Crockett, right? Yep. Yep. And to hang him on the wall. Yes. And now when you look at that, what that represents for you and what that does to you is the important part. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, I think it's fine to take a trophy and use that trophy to reinvest into you as a person and as a, especially as a hunter, because the kind of experience, a lot of it, you can't get on film or you can't get pictures of it because it's difficult. You're by yourself in the heat of the moment. That's just how it is. And you know, the meat won't last forever, but you're seeking permanence and you, you want something that you can like refuel up on all the time. And mm-hmm. the seeing the deer on the wall instantly brings back the, it can, you can just merely look at that and it's a reminder and you say, wow, wasn't that great? And all these other, it floods back to you to hang a deer on the wall is to display a trophy and what that trophy is and what it represents might not be what you think it is it might be different for that individual but it is a trophy you're trying to take that experience and put it into a form that so you can use it over again same thing with video right it's just they're just still images with a little bit of recorded audio and that is a way to re you know put yourself back and relive that experience that's a trophy of that day it's sort of like a you look at it as a benefit to you. A benefit? Yeah, in a way, because it you, you bring it back. You bring it back. It holds it it, it becomes like meaning. yeah, it becomes like a root of yes. who you are and where you got to and how you got to there. 
Um, it isn't always the best route. I've had a few of them that I would have called trophies and maybe later on I wouldn't call them trophies, right? Because the value changes over time and how it went down or things like that change. That's fine. We're talking about something that's super dynamic here. Your evolution as a, you're going to like the, the medals that you got as a kid. Oh yeah. Same as the scars. You know what I mean? That's right. Yes. They are, they're a building platform for your experiences and there's something for you to take pride in and to show your growth, right? When you accomplish something. Mm-hmm. Having something to represent your accomplishment and that pushes you farther as a person is totally okay. We do it all the time. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I, it's nothing new. You know what I mean? Not by any means. And it's just like just yeah. like anything. So the, the Ford pickup in the yard that's brand new is the trophy. Yes. You know, I worked hard. Here's my... And what you here's do what with I have the trophy is irrelevant. It. But like right. you're, you know, the celebration, a party, a birthday party is a trophy of a year. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Living, it's the same thing. Working and doing yeah, it, yeah, we accomplished, we made it another year. Here's a celebration for all the life that you just lived. Anniversaries, right? Yeah, that's what it is. And it's like to to just to just isolate trophy hunting to this one thing and to have this like looming weird kind of atmosphere that goes with it is strange. I think it's a, I think it's an important motivation for hunting and I think hunting needs involvement. And if it's a piece of it that continues the system for conservation and all this stuff and it gets people connected with nature and the trophy was the initial motivation, that's cool. And I actually, I'm all for that. You know, if you're like, I want a buck and that is what you saw the experience that somebody else had and you said, I want that. I want that big buck because of what it looked like that they went through yeah. and then they told you the story and then you go out seeking that trophy and that brings all these new experiences to you. Right. If that just the trophy could have been the motivation for you to go out in the woods and now you see what your woods are like. And now next thing you know, you're working on them, you're learning, you're getting involved with hunt, uh, fish and wildlife and all this other stuff. Then what is wrong with trophy hunting? Well, what's Nothing. wrong with any kind of trophy? nothing right because I don't think so. like the you house can go overboard with anything oh but, yeah but still oh yeah i don't think it's nothing wrong with it at all it, it can um it can definitely display uh you know super passion uh super like over overboard like but it hoardy yeah kindness to right. it. it has like a hoardy feel to it right um but you know, every single person everywhere has had a trophy of some kind sometime. Mm-hmm. You take a selfie that you really liked, it's a trophy of you. You yeah. you have a, a, a brand new truck or you have a million dollar home or you have the trophy wife or you have the trophy kids, yep. right? Who have got the trophies playing tennis and, you yep. know, like it, it doesn't matter. Every single person has wanted that, that A plus on the report card or whatever it was. And every one of those things is like this, a reward for your effort. Yeah. This goal that was out there and we achieved it. And now we have a little something to show for it so that it doesn't all seem like a wash, like we're accomplishing and it's, the, the accomplishment, like it's like a ladder and it's a rung on a ladder. Every one of your accomplishments. And 
Mm. Some of them have, you know, aren't the greatest. They they're, 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 they're step ladders. <laughs> yeah, or, or they're broken steps, and you fall back because what you thought you wanted and needed turned out wasn't true, and now yeah. you're back on the rung where you started from because yeah. it just didn't work out. And now you've got to take that extra step to get over it and get back on the ladder and keep climbing, you know, um, even though there's really nowhere to go. We've gotten some, we've actually in a lot of, you know, cause we've, we get a lot of talk and we get a lot of comments and stuff. And a few of the ones uh, that we've gotten are, you know, because we are always doing our best to teach people how to go after big bucks. Right. And, you know, typically when it comes to being a, trophy hunter versus a conservationist in the simplest terms we would classify ourselves i think almost across the board as more conservative hunters than trophy hunters would you would you say that no by far now when you say that in front of hundreds of thousands of people and then you go ahead and teach people how to chase down the biggest buck they can find you're going to get a few people that say well if you guys are so uh, about conservation and about meat and about all these other things and that every buck is a trophy, right? Cause we say that all the time. Any mm-hmm. deer is a good, is a great deer. They're all trophies. Right. And somebody else say, well, and that's not a that's safety net no. saying that's not a safety net. No, saying. it's not. It's they're not all so, good. It's yeah, not something, doesn't. it's not something you say to hide your trophy hunter tendencies with a mask of conservationism. That's definitely not the deal. The deal is that, when this is this is you have to you have to not feel bad yes right and of course the meanings and and what you put into what the language that comes in and goes out of you and the meanings you put to everything and what you feel about it um if if it if it's real strict and it's been trimmed a lot like all your feelings have been trimmed like an apple tree. You keep pruning it all the time and now it's real stiff and rigid and it can only be this way. And it, the best tree is a flexible one, right? And many, many sportsmen or, or even people in general are not, they're really pruned. They're heavily pruned and they're not able. Yes. They're not able to bend a little bit and to, uh, to blur some of the easier lines between good and bad and, and what, what might be right or wrong in their eyes. Um, you know, why does, why does no one want to shoot a small bear? And it's mostly selfish reasons of, I want to have lots of bears around and we need more bears so that we can get more bears easy. So let's just leave all the little ones. Then we'll keep them coming and it'll just be good for us regardless of whether the bear population needs to come down and you need to take one and the yeah. one you see is not very big and you say, well, I can't yeah. stand next to that. And now it's not about the conservation yes. and it's not about, it's, it's more about you. So if, and your if you're all about conservation and you're all about at the same time teaching people and talking about how to get the biggest and best, it's like, why is that? Well, the answer is, when you go for something that's difficult, it makes more of you as a hunter and as a person. And you're going to gain more. Because, you know, like your smaller bears and your smaller deer typically are more inexperienced. They're easier to get. Right? They're young. Oh, yeah. They're In easier, they're easier yep. to get. Yep. So if you go out in the woods and you're like, today we're going to shoot a spike horn, right? <laughs> it's mm. going to be easier to do that than like today we're shooting a 250 pound eight-year-old hogosaurus right right he's more on it he's been around the block he pays attention he's probably run into all your tricks before 
right? And it will make more of you as a hunter, right? The killing is not the important part. That's not what it is. Your goal and your growth as a hunter is to be better at your craft. It's to gain experience and to gain and to grow more. And if you do things that are easy, you're never going to grow that much. Well, then there's part you know of I mean? the human spirit that likes the adventure. And, and the challenge. And the challenge. The challenge is worth it alone. The unknown, right? That adds to the challenge yes. when things are unknown. And that's why the trail camera, I don't want the trail camera. I don't want to know what the deer looks like because I want to learn as I go. And I want to imagine and and I'm going to end up with a deer I'm supposed to shoot anyway. So, like, it's it, regardless, yeah. no matter what. I'm going to end up with a deer that I'm supposed to shoot. Nobody else can shoot my deer because it's my deer and it's out there waiting for me. Yep. You know, and that will work every single time because yep. the one I shoot is mine. And and yeah. no one else can shoot mine because I'm the only one that will shoot my deer. Because <laughs> right? if they shoot that deer, it was theirs. <laughs> That's right. I, I'm taking it completely on face value. Yeah. You know, and now it, that part of me is safe. I don't have to worry about somebody else getting my deer because only I shoot my deer. Yeah. No one else can ever shoot my deer. There's a when that there's a, when there's nice. one big buck and everybody well, knows you about can. it. You I can let get, you shoot my when deer. you get a lot of trophies, <laughs> trophy hunters together. It creates this like this soup one buck, right? The big one around. Everybody loses their mind. And when you shoot that deer, oh, they don't like that. Oh, there's a this is we talked about this in an earlier podcast. The the hunting uh, gear that we don't really use. We actually covered trail cameras and we talked a little bit about some of the social impacts that um, trail cameras can have right. is the, it creates a possessiveness too. Like if you have a deer that's going through your backyard all the time and he's a giant and it's like June, right? You're spending the whole summer thinking, uh, Oh, my deer's back, right? It's easy to do that. He's on your land walking by your cameras, eating your apples. And next thing you know, he's also yours and doesn't even have a tag in him yet. It can create that sometimes. And, and he's on your neighbor's wall. It's easy to want to possess something. And then when it ends up on your neighbor's wall, now it's this, Oh, right. This big disappointment. It can also sometimes generate a little bit of negative feelings towards your neighbor, right? Who just happened to you know, for whatever, got the deer, and that's just the way the cards fell. Yeah. You know, it's it's this whole this whole thing is super dynamic, and are we all uh, trophy hunters? Yeah, I would dare to say that everyone listening to this is a trophy hunter in a way. In a, yeah, at in sometimes form. Yeah, in one another. form and another. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. Not at all. It's fine. Your motivations and all the things that we just talked about are important aspects of whether it's taken to a negative place or not. Well, it's it, easy to impact because trophy trophy hunting can also create a super, like it's not all like it's fine. It can also create a really bad culture too. Not to mention, right? It. Like, like the an, rhino horns and all this other yeah, stuff. Like it's it can egotistical. Yeah. No need. Of right. It. And, th- and there's, there's a point where you take something that was beautiful and awesome and turned it into a, like you, you're trying to rob it of a its flex. beautiful, it's beautiful and awesomeness on its own. You try and rob it and own it and be it. That's well, that's where and that's the, the dirty side that's, of it. That when is when the, you start being it, like and that is the generalization that's made when you hear it. Sure. By people who, especially most people who don't hunt will see mm-hmm. the deer on the wall as the, look what I did and right. not look what I was a part of. Right. And that's, that's the problem. Well, that, that, that's, that's part that's, of what that's the problem for them. And that's, that's why there's such a disconnect and a disapproval 
is that you had to go do this just to do that. Like you couldn't just go out there and be part of it, but some people want their hands on it. It's hard to pet a live wild deer. Yeah. Some people yeah. want to take that deer and make it part of them. And that's, I think we do that a lot is we seek, we seek things and we see the materialism part of it. We want to make it part of ourselves, but can't. It so doesn't, we, it's so never going to happen. So we make it part of our surroundings. Right. We it pile it up around. Your, yes. Yes. We, we pile them up around us and yes. now the house is completely full <laughs> and you can't even walk around inside of there. And it feels like the deer are part of you, but in yeah. all truthfulness, they're not. Um, I had a, a reporter come in um, from a local newspaper and they're a little bit more greeny of a newspaper, but she, she says, you know, a bit more like liberal. Yeah. And, and she's like, well, how can you shoot a deer? They're so beautiful. And of course I explained, I said, well, I couldn't be there when it was born and I couldn't be there when it got away from the coyote or it, it made it through a 20 below night, mm. you know, or 10. right. And it, it just, it did its thing its whole life. But if, if I'm there for its end and it means something, um, you know, the deer at least gets to die with meaning and it was wild and free that whole time before that wasn't being manipulated and you know it was genetically it was, yeah it was just wild and free and and now genetically if, like modified if it dies deer. with some meaning and, and like i don't hang the deer on the wall to say aren't i something i hang them on the wall to say see what i'm part of look isn't that thing something almost yes because a deer can stand in one spot for six weeks straight not eat a thing and live through it yeah. I can't do that. Not even close, dude. No. <laughs> you, you get to 10 o'clock and he's like, this isn't time for breakfast. <laughs> yeah. The, the 100 days in the woods in Alaska probably, right? Yeah. Nah, man. That, so like you're not going to – I hang them on the wall to say, look what I'm part of. Mm -hmm. I'm part of these beautiful animals' lives. Well, that's, that's and, the and motivation and meaning for the trophy for you. That's right. And um, when I look at them and, and I – I, I get to be part of something that's so much bigger and so much more awesome than me. And at, if I'm at least a working part of it, where I'm giving back to it as much as I can. It's a, where it's a symbiotic relationship, where you're giving, as, you're giving a little more than what you're taking. I'm, I'm trying. And in the end, like man has to, even, even children now are taught about the non-living world like all day long. Their mm -hmm. furniture, the the carpet, the, the cars, the, cars the the blacktop, those are non-living things. And mm -hmm. their life is full of non-life. Especially if you're like in a city and you're pretty disconnected from your ability to access oh, woods and fields and streams. Or animals, mm -hmm. right? Living animals. Snow. Yeah. <laughs> Just snow alone. Jesus. Dead animals as far as that goes. Yeah. Right? And things dying. You're even you're even away from things dying, and things do die. You, Everything's gonna die. The, right? the appreciation so. for life comes from the ultimate realization of mortality. No, absolutely. Without like, and I think that's one of the pieces that the most impactful part of your first hunt, your first kill, is that wow this the implications of what you're doing mm -hmm. and the seriousness of it and that's there's the same reason why you have that like happy sad you know it's kind of happy and sad yes thing yep. it's that same like you're so conflicted and it's a feeling that's unreal i can't i can't even imagine what some people have gone through but just the hunting part of it it feels different because mm -hmm. it's like it wasn't your enemy 
you know, it wasn't hurting anybody. Right. But it will do more if, if used wisely nature and, you know, whether it's a tree cutting a tree down or taking a deer or a bear out of the woods, it will impact nature more than if you left it mm-hmm. for certain people. Yeah. And like, that was one of the beautiful things that Casey had said during the solo book when right. he was up there, he tracked down that buck and shot it and yep. he's sitting on top of it and, you know, not on top of it, but he's sitting right up on the mountain there and, and he's realizing and just expressing how he's feeling and what he had done. And that deer was a trophy. That whole experience was a trophy. And, and so is he. Well, sure. You know, you could see the, the intellectual and the spiritual bonding Meeting that was together. going on yep. together there. Mm-hmm. Right. And the spiritual bonding part is one of the, the moral contributes that hunting can do. Yes. Because it's okay for the Indian to bond with the deer and thank it and then eat it. Yes. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Well, why isn't it okay for someone to do that now? Mm-hmm. And for the most part, it is. It's almost actually, it should be more necessary now. Yeah. If because anything. you're not doing it all the time. That's right. And you're, you're disconnected. You should have that real moment of realization, value, and gratitude for that deer. And your definition of trophy should evolve as much as your 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 connection with nature like you're saying and yeah. that experience should evolve and so should your definition of what a trophy is i think that man man well. went into this like intellectual zone in the last 50 60 70 years technology um, driven, yeah, driven kind of driven just make let's easy make, to focus let's let's use science to make our lives easy comfortable and productive. abundant productive right and then like there's a spiritual side that he might have had a little bit more way before that because he thought it was important, right? The people who had a more spiritual side to him, the hunter, right, who who thought well and did well and he was successful, he stood out a little more mm. and the whole tribe recognized him, right, the medicine man of knowing what's what and how yep. it is and he was a good passer-on of, of those things. And then... Along comes all this easy living and technology piles up and now you get busy, you get busy, you're, you're disconnected, you're distracted quite a bit. And mm-hmm. now like the spiritual side is left in limbo a little bit. And then all of a sudden you start becoming this machine. You're almost lost. Well, gratitude, and, gratitude stem, stems from a holistic view where you're looking at systems. Mm hmm. You know, yep. when you like stand back and you look at your larger picture, gratitude kind of comes from that. And when you are used to a society and we are programmed to look at pieces, right? In school, you look at the pieces of the textbook are the important part, not the textbook itself. Right. You dissect it. That's right. And you say, well, what was the date and what was he wearing and what did he say during his speech and what is this and all the tiny like specifics, you become a specific focused person and which is fine but it's hard to see systems when you look at pieces because systems are large they're big big scope and you the like the man's connection to nature that's something you have to experience and step back and look at on a larger scale and it's not something you like are gonna like dissect and really experience you can understand something but you won't the experience part of it has to be it all has to be there for that. Well, there's also this part of us that wants to like manipulate everything. Yes, the and, control. Yeah, we, utilization we, of nature. We want to drive everything, and it's like, well, 
if you want to drive and control and manipulate everything and some things are way beyond doing that mm. and uh we what, what ends up happens we're trying to force things and nature can be disturbed but i don't think you can like eradicate it i don't think you're going to take it completely apart because it, it will continue like Mm-hmm. replenishing restarting redoing it it's it's real unfolding thing all the time and it's a lot like a fractal it just keeps going and going and going in both directions so there's this like space that we we think we need to it's the manipulation part of it and not doing our best under the conditions we have and then hoping to force something in all of a sudden there's this like little bit of a mess created because you're leaving like natural nature is spontaneous and it unfolds and it the the new grows out of the old and on top of and out of the old and as soon as we start being real mechanistic in our behaviors and less symbiotic in our behaviors and we're not harmonious with ourselves and we're definitely not real harmonious with each other you see plenty of that lately right and then you also have to be harmonious with nature then if we can't be harmonious with those three things ourselves other people and nature we're done as a species because nature has no use for us at that point so the other thing too is like when you have a when you have a culture that's like you said is a bit disconnected from nature you're going to take more trophies Right? Oh yeah. You take trophies of things that are not usual. Yes. When you the rare. You know what right. I mean? Like you don't hang your grocery store receipt up on the wall in a frame <laughs> unless you spent like a lot, you know what I mean? Like Yeah. It's something that happens so often that you don't need a trophy for it. Mm-hmm. When you only hunt once a year and you don't get a whole lot of time to do it and it's something you look forward to and then it finally happens and you get that deer, you hang it on the wall. Mm-hmm. Right? When you do, when you went on your vacation to whatever faraway land and you got this amazing picture, you come home and you hang that picture up on the wall, you know, yep. it's the same thing where Absolutely. when you have a disconnected society, it's probably going to create more trophy hunters because of that, where you're trying to capture that experience that you had that was so rare and so valuable to you. You want to remember it and hang it up on the wall. That's most people's motivation for seeking the big buck and the big antlers and then getting it mounted at all. Right. To It's to, to try to solidify that experience for you for the future is all to, it is. To lasso the first Bigfoot or to <laughs> exactly. uh, put the last lion on the wall. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's all it is. It's all about the same, whether it's the first or the last or the, the rare la- one or the white one. Bigfoot. Right? That's lasso all Bigfoot. that just, you just added that to my... <laughs> I'm not a big, I'm not a Bigfoot guy, but that sounds awesome. It's like, hey, what do you want to do? What's your goals for 2021? I'm gonna lasso Bigfoot. What's his name? Greg or yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. It's Bernie. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Sorry if your name's Bernie. I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> or that Greg. Random name. <laughs> yeah. Random name. <laughs> the it's interesting to be in a place like this, right? We're sitting in the shop surrounded by deer on the wall and antlers and, Mm -hmm. you know, coyotes and bears and all these quote unquote trophies. And you're looking at them a little bit differently right now. Absolutely. You know what I mean? How you, how you feel about it. And I I hope, 
I hope everybody is the same. I hope this is at least a little bit, a little bit shifting, um, one way or another to at least consider, you know, the whole deal when it comes to trophy hunting. Well, I think it's too, just like everybody in every deer, it's too unique. And I don't think, I don't think it should be classified as a whole. No, I don't think it should be. The whole shouldn't be looked upon like it is. No, it's just like, you know what I mean? If you have a bad, if you have a bad experience with one type of people and you start classifying that type of people that way, it's totally unfair to all of the individuals inside that classification. Well, see, you've lost sacredness Same at that point. Exactly. Right. Because the, the, the individual and the group should be sacred yeah. when, when you're looking at everything from that more sacred mm. kind of perspective. Now they're allowed to be individuals. They're allowed to do as they please to a point and, yep. and be able to, you know, to, to seek what they want in life with, especially when it's at no one else's expense. Here's a, that's good, an important here's part. a good question for this upcoming deer season, 2020, what will you consider a trophy deer for you? Is it what the deer looks like, how you get him, what the story was like, where, what is, cause if you are a trophy hunter, what is this trophy? What is the trophy you're seeking from your deer season? Not as a whole. Is it a deer? Well, what do you, what do you like? Basically, what's your goal? What's your top? I was going to say goal? the trophy and the goal words, those two words are, they are pretty interchangeable, almost interchangeable, almost, but not quite. Almost. Well, yeah. do both. Let's do both. Um, I definitely like to get something bigger than we've gotten before. Right to shoot a bigger one. Wait, right. I'm not both. sure that I want. I don't. What I don't want. I'll tell you what I don't want is what? to kill the biggest buck of my life this year. That would be terrible, because it'd be the the biggest one I'll ever get. Well, you'll be over. You're not gonna know if it's the biggest one. Or, I know. For the rest of your That's life. That's the beauty. You could have already done it. I could have already done it. Doubt it. <laughs> we'll see. For all the people who know you, doubt it. We'll see. We'll doubt it. But but in the end. You know, um, my goal is, of course, to have a fantastic time. And I, I would really love an adventure one. One where, like... An epic chase. Yes. Yes, you know, the challenge. Um, like Lanny Benoit's waterfall buck, right? That kind of classic. thing where it's... it's that a, is a classic. A super-duper hunt. And then, you know, he stands there and says, well, what are we going to do now, right? And there's a million <laughs> gallons of water in between him and the deer, you know? Yeah. That is just that that kind of thing is just you know with a steam rolling off you, and you had to give her all you got and then some, and you managed to pull it all out and still go with it, you know. Yep. To have something really fantastic happen is awesome, and to keep it all as non-planned in a way, but you have to do a little planning because you have to dream, right? Yes. So there has to be a little bit of it in there mm-hmm. in order for things to start going that way, but. Um, that that part of it, I always look forward to, and to me, that's that's what I'm looking for in my hunt. If, if it can break too, well, that's fine, and if it doesn't, that's fine too. Um, it would be nice to have something with a bigger rack than I've ever gotten before. That, yeah. that wouldn't hurt my feelings nope. any. Nope. Um, or your your dream big buck, giant yeah. four pointer. Right, I'd like to get a hundred and thirty inch four pointer. Like yeah, just like this big. 12 inch forks, you yeah, know, something like, huge. Yeah. I always like them forklifts. He's know? been dreaming about that for a long time. I'd actually, yeah. I actually saw your dream buck. Somebody had shot that. Was it last year or the year before? 
that somebody yeah. came in with a horrendous four pointer. Yeah, like it looked like giant, a forklift. Yeah, giant four four pointer. You know, yeah. big mass to it, and just awesome. I was like, always oh no, I saw that coming. I was like, oh dad, yeah. don't look. Yeah, <laughs> and, and of course that's the that's the the young man in me, the teenage boy yeah. in me who yeah. was in love with his first little four pointer. You know, yeah, and still wanting that 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 part of it. And, and like I can bring that back at any moment. You know, those feelings that I used yeah. to have back then or yep. like when you cut your biggest tree, the feeling, you know, when I, it I, shook the ground. Yeah, yeah. You know, all those things, you can bring those memories back and you can bring those feelings back. And if anything, that's really what you want to do is to dig up all those beautiful feelings that you used to have from the and, hunt. Yeah. And put them back to work for you because nothing will be more inspiration that, more inspiration all especially when you get to the point where our average guy's 50 something right mm. he's got a big storehouse of, he's of memories mode. and stuff yeah he's in reminiscent mode and he can go back and pull those things out and bring it up and make himself feel good and then go right out and start at it and see what the new adventure is today you don't want to live too much in the past because then you're missing out on right now and i want to be completely present when i'm out there that that is my goal for the deer season as a whole this year is I want to pretend this is my last deer season. Yeah. Because if it's my last deer season with one of you guys, mm -hmm. or say it's our last deer season in that area, say all of mm -hmm. a sudden that whole paper company, public land or whatever, say that whole thing gets turned privatized and they close it down, you're done there. Yep. And you will never walk those mountains again, no. right? If that's the case... Uh, I want to soak this up and I want to do yeah. more filming and more pictures and more laughs, right? I want that. Oh, my, yeah. my more disease <laughs> is the memories and adventure. I want yeah. more of that. Yeah. Buck wise, I would like to, I want to, I want to break, I want to beat you. <laughs> <laughs> I want to beat your record. I'd like 237. I'd like a 237. I don't care what the bones are <laughs> just because I want, I want camp record. He wants baby. camp record. There's a little ego there. I'll take that. <laughs> the other thing too is I would like a, I'd like a 10. A yeah. 10 would be great. Yeah. Just because, or a 12, just because the form and the way it looks, it's so full of points and beautiful, you know, also, six by sixes aren't easy to buy in Maine. No. What's your favorite? I know you and I think you and I have a favorite shape to our antlers. I like them big and square. Yes. And relatively like level off the top of the head. I don't like them sweeping up all that much. I like them out big and square and wide. A little like, up is good. Like the Grinch and the mush. I like that. And that's yes. my favorite. Actually, I'm going to look over there. Yeah, see, the look mush, over the shoulder. Mush is perfect it's for that. Perfect. He I is the king. Yep. That I'd take a thousand of those, yeah. same size. That, yeah, yeah. that was an adventure. Yeah, you can just pile those right up. I also liked, I think one of my favorite deer hunts that we've had in Maine is actually Ryan's spike horn. Yeah. That when he was up on the ridge and we all like, it was all of a sudden it just started snowing. It turned into this mess, right? And yeah. there's hardly any on the ground. And he had just tracked that spike horn up and I met with him and he sees the thing going, he shoots it. His and he eyes, dies are, in his the eyes are all dilated. And he's, he's so wound. That's one of my favorite videos yeah. is Ryan Spikehorn. Actually, I'll, I'll throw that one down below. Cause like his, his excitement and our excitement about, cause he had worked really hard and hadn't gone a deer. And that was a trophy. And it was that video. Mm -hmm. That video was the one where everyone was like, geez, it's just a spike horn, dude. And we're like, no, that you don't understand. That deer is a trophy. One, this is backwoods of Maine. Not a lot of deer. And this was a trophy for him. And yeah, it, yeah. we were so excited for him. Yeah. 
that video, we'll put that down in the description below. That is a fantastic, we had so much fun that day. That was incredible. Yeah. We were just so happy when, when somebody gets one, especially when somebody gets a big one, I, there's, I, there's this, there's this energy that comes with a big deer. And I don't care if it's called trophy hunting because that experience, like Casey's deer, grunt buck, you shooting, Tyrod, that like energy that's created when a big deer hits the ground is just like this. Yeah. I just, it's, it's unlike anything else. Jimmy you should chase Beeve. a big buck. Jimmy and Beeve on a big one might be great. God, Either be one epic. or both would I'd be like to just get, awesome. I want Coco Puff getting one on film with me. I would love yeah. to be there when he gets one. Yeah. Oh my God! Can you yeah, imagine? You better be I'm fast. Getting, I'm because he is. I'm ready. I'm he so sees primed. a giant buck. He ain't waiting <laughs> for care. anything. That gun is gonna come out and it is gonna roar and it's gonna. He, you talk about cutting loose. Yeah, I will show you guys quick. how to shoot. Cocoa buffs, the quick and the dead. <laughs> oh my God! The puff. Here yeah. it comes. He's yeah. the man. Yeah, love that. And, and if that comes together, that would be just hey, a super climax. I would be so be down awesome. with that. And and if it was like in the last week or something, to be even better. Oh, like you know, right down, at the end. No, last day yeah. of the entire season. Boom. Down the wire, right? Some big muzzleloader pig on the snow. He can shoot a couple and get one in each state. I don't care. He do can the tri-state right mega bucks. He can just pile Maybe them up. Vermont, New Hampshire. Yeah. You could do the. You could do a four. You could do the quad. The quad challenge we, we might to get, New York too. We might get lucky and have everything come together for us really good. The this weather, year. it's so cold. Right yeah. now it's, it's like the last chilling. week have been it's been it feels like October weather in mm -hmm. in southern Maine. Oh yeah. It's been like it's been ridiculous. I, I mean that might not be an inclination of snow and nice strong winter early, but I would be okay with snow on the first day like we've had for the last two years, two, three years. Yep. But you know, this is a fantastic topic and we'd love to hear what you guys think about it. Um, we have a podcast email designed just for you guys, ASK Mountain Deer at Gmail and it's M-T-N-D-E-R, A-S-K-M-T-N-D-E-E-R at Gmail. Give us your thoughts on this. What do you guys think? Do you, do you agree? Do you disagree? What do you think about the world of trophy hunting versus, you know, being a meat hunter and all that? What, you know, what do you guys have running through your heads? If you have any questions, comments, or topics, things that you'd like to hear our opinions on or things you want to hear us talk about, we'd be totally happy to do that. Also. Yeah. We, check out uh, Randall Eaton's book, yeah, uh, From we'll, Boys to Men of Heart. We'll have a link uh, down below if you guys want to, you know, check that out. And it's, it's a really good book. And we actually might put up a video about that. Yeah. about this book because one of the things that's super important is hunting is a study and being a hunter and all the pieces of it are things you you should you know look at and it's it's a super good book and it's a lot of insights a lot of perspectives a lot of stories it's it's super super good it covers quite a few issues yeah it um, does you know right through um especially like you know the rites of passage and how Us using it to become an adult yeah, like how men fit in society and um, also, too, like the relationship between man and nature and man and himself and man and his fellow man. Those are all three really important things that we've got to get a grip on as yeah. as a society hunters and need, as a species. I think that hunters need this book right now. It's really good. I it's think excellent. everybody should read yep. this. Yo, yep. I imagine either buy a copy of it, buy an audio book of it, do something or just look up a summary or some excerpts. 
Because there are parts of this that this really are really excellent, and you can even just go through and pick and choose the parts you like. Yeah. There's some fantastic stories in there about yep. hunting and how it affected the people, and I'm sure a lot of you will be able to relate, so you want to check this that out. This is in like the top three books, hunting books for us. Yeah, it's how to really get the biggest? Uh, what's what? It's how to get the biggest buck of your life. Yep, Larry Benoit. Yep, from boys to men of heart, Randall Eaton, and yep. then the other one would be the, the what's the Fair Chase one? That's a good book. Uh, Jim Posowitz. That's a yep. great book. Yep, Fair Chase. That that's an excellent one. Um, yep. There's so many good books. Yeah, so yep. many good things to read. Yep. Uh, Hal Blood's book is real good. Yep. Uh, yep. Dick Bernier, uh, Richard mm. Bernier's books are that, really good. That is a great book too. That's your that's your two hundred pounder book. Yep. Talk he's, about that. You your trophy is yeah. collecting two hundred. Anyone who has gotten a two hundred pounder, they're allowed to sign Dad's book. Yes, I, I've got a one of Dick Bernier's books that I've I've been having everybody sign it and write in. You know how big your your big deer were. And uh, there's got to be on two, three hundred signatures inside of that book. Yep, and, you've been and doing it, that well. There's plenty of room for more. Man, so. what did that feel good signing that book? Yeah, oh, oh yeah. my God. Taylor got to write in it. Yeah, that was Jimmy's looking forward to writing <laughs> his name in that baby. <laughs> we're actually we're gonna make like uh, I might even do like t-shirts. <laughs> when yeah, he shoot, cool. I might I might make like a a Cocoa Puff two hundred pounder club. Right. With all the people out there rooting for him, yeah. we might surprise it. That would be so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be great. Awesome. Yep. Thank you guys so much for listening. Coming from you from Mountain Deer Taxidermy, hence the hence the echo and the tinniness of this concrete and metal building. It probably sounds terrible. We're sorry, but we had a great time talking about this. Hopefully, you enjoyed this podcast. We're going to be putting up a whole bunch of them. Deer season is almost upon us. I think everybody's necks are starting to swell up. I'm excited. I don't know about you. Yeah, I've never. I, I walk by a stick. I want to go over and rub my horn. <laughs> I've never <laughs> anticipated a deer season as much as I have this one. I've never been so like, yeah, excited. Yeah, just be because good. of what it could mean. Yep. We're excited that you guys tuned in. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. And talk to you soon. Have a great time out there. Happy hunting.